Amy from Rebel Nutrition is a nutritional therapy practitioner, digital nomad, online course creator, and unrealistic goal achiever. She helps rebellious wellness entrepreneurs create scalable online businesses so that they can create a bigger income and impact with less effort. So today I have Amy Tofsrud, I think I pronounced that right, on the podcast today, aka Rebel Nutrition. I am literally so excited to have you here today, Amy, because I feel like I've known you for so long because I started following you from like the very beginning when you were in your hut in Hawaii and you also just are so raw and real on your Instagram that I think a lot of followers feel the same way, like they know you. So I'm just so excited to have you here. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. And that's honestly like the best compliment you could give me. And I feel like I've known you for a really long time too. Cause I, I actually remember talking to you like when I lived in the hut. So yeah. like been <laughs> friends for like a really long time. It's so funny. And so much has changed, especially for you um, since what it's been like over a year, maybe two years now. It's crazy. Just so I'm really excited to kind of dive into what has happened for you. Um, Cause yeah, it's definitely life goals, at least for me. It's specifically like, you know, the traveling and kind of doing your own thing online. And we're, I think we have very similar interests too. So I'm just going to really get into all of it. So I'm really excited to dive into, you know, business business things, nutrition, health things, all of that. Before we get started, I would love to kind of hear about your journey specifically for the people who don't know you. So again, where did you start? I know you started as a nutritionist and then you became a business coach. So can you kind of give us a little summary of like how that happened? Yeah. So um, I went to the NTA, which is the Nutritional Therapy Association, to become a nutritional therapy practitioner, which was something I thought about for a long time. I had always been really interested in health and nutrition. Um, since I was like 15, uh, honestly, like I got, I was into sports and really into that. And so finding the NTA exciting and it felt like, oh, this is the thing that I want to do. So um, I went through that program, even though I didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do with it. I wasn't really sure like if I wanted to see one-on-one clients. I kind of, it was kind of at the time um, that blogs were becoming really popular and things like that. So I kind of thought to myself, like, I definitely want to have some sort of online business that would allow me to travel. So that was always kind of in the back of my mind, Uh, but I didn't really know how I was going to make it happen. Um, So I always knew that I kind of wanted to do something non-traditional, but I just didn't know the exact route because I was like, well, I'm not a recipe creator. Like, (laughs) I'm, I don't know, but I kind of just went with it. I started taking um, one-on-one nutrition clients mainly for, my clients mainly were um, women kind of in a similar situation as I was in like a couple couple years prior, which was like struggling with adrenal fatigue, not having a period, over-exercise, under-eating, all of this kind of stuff. So I worked with one-on-one adrenal fatigue clients for a while. And then I kind of just got to this point where I had a lot of clients, but I was still not making enough money from my one-on-one clients to quit my full-time job. And so I was just really burning the candle at both ends. And I'm like, okay, I need to figure something out so that I can go full-time on my business and pursue my passion and help more people. And that's kind of when I heard about online courses and kind of how scalable they were. Like I could reach a lot of people with less effort and travel the world and like make passive income and all that exciting stuff. And so I kind of turned the process that 
I um, would take my one-on-one adrenal fatigue clients through, I kind of turned that entire process into an online course. Um, So that was my first kind of experience with like reaching a lot of people at once. I mean, looking back now, I'm like, oh, that was a tiny launch, but still it was like, it gave me so much hope that it was possible for me to, to really scale my business and like quit my other job. Um, so from there, I, I still, I created a couple different like nutrition related courses. And then I started having people that um, like I went to the NTA program with and and people just who followed me on Instagram, like reaching out and being like, how did you, like, can you give me tips on how you made that course and like um, how you built your business and how you grew your Instagram. And that kind of got me started thinking like, well, maybe I can start toying around with like the idea of business coaching for nutritionists. And that I realized I actually became quickly much more passionate about. I think I was starting to lose steam with the whole like nutrition side of things just because I had been, in that world for like 10 years at that point, I was just kind of over talking about nutrition, to be honest. And Mm -hmm. so it it gave me kind of like a new, it reinvigorated me and it was a new passion of mine to talk about business and social media and marketing. And that's what I've been doing ever since. (laughs) Amazing. And I think I was following you before you were at 10K or you were like around 10K and then you literally exploded. It was so cool to see. I like, I don't know how many you're at now, but it was just ridiculous. So yeah, you definitely, you've been consistent, but I think that all of a sudden there was a a big shift. And I think, I mean, both of us kind of understand that when it comes to business, a lot of people I find kind of force things. Like for instance, you could have like forced yourself to stay in nutrition because that's your certification. That's what you know. But instead, you kind of went with that calling to kind of shift gears. And obviously, that was like the right thing to do, right? So it's also really cool to notice that we don't all, we're not all meant to do like one thing for the rest of our lives, which is so reassuring because a lot of us, you know, when we graduate, for instance, from high school, it's like, okay, what are you going to do? And then you have to know for the rest of your life. But it's not like that, right? Like, it doesn't have to always be the same thing. So that's uh, very reassuring. But you said that you were focusing on adrenal fatigue specifically um was that something that you were dealing with for your own health then yeah i had struggled with it i mean honestly when i made that course and i hope by saying this that this gives people like some hope that they can do a similar thing like i made that adrenal fatigue course when i was still kind of struggling like i definitely had taken a lot of huge steps to be healthier but i by no means would have considered myself like completely on the other side but i just thought to myself like you know what i'm definitely a few steps ahead of where i was a couple years ago and i've learned all of this great information like that information can still be helpful to somebody even though i'm not perfect yet um and so yeah i definitely it was something i struggled with for a long time mainly stemming from over exercise and under eating and did you kind of navigate that yourself or did you use like what you used from the course or did you find like doctors and people to help you Well, honestly, the NTA program really helped me a lot. Um, Just kind of, I think getting more comfortable with the amount of food that is, is normal to be eating. I think I came from a a disordered eating background and like reading diet magazines and nutrition magazines that are telling me that I should be eating like 1200 calories a day for so long. And that really, I think going through and learning about nutrition and learning actually what my body needed was the most beneficial thing of all. (laughs) Oh yeah. And there's like an epidemic with this, especially with 
you know, our society, which is so obsessed with, you know, counting calories and the scale and just fitting into like size zero and all of that. And especially like social media, the images that are being portrayed on Instagram and pretty much everywhere. It's, it's becoming a real problem, especially with young girls. So yeah, that's definitely something that's becoming more prevalent. Um, but in terms of specifically adrenal fatigue, I think that's also something that's super common with business owners and like new entrepreneurs. I definitely kind of have this come up every once in a while because I think that for me at least, I kind of get into the mentality of like hustle, got to hustle because everyone's saying got to hustle. And then I'm like, oh no, this doesn't work for me. So then I got to, you know, slow down. But then again, I don't really learn my lessons. So then I get into the hustle again, burnout, got to slow down. So did you um, encounter this with being an entrepreneur as well? It's funny because I, knowing myself and my like tendencies, I would think that I would, but something about when I'm, I mean, I think if you're familiar with human design, which I think you are, (laughs) when I'm working on business stuff, even though sometimes I'll work for like a long period of time in general, it really energizes me more than anything else. Like I know that just for my mental health, I need to take a break, but it never, at least up until now, it's never really um, taken me backwards in terms of my adrenal fatigue. But I think I also have a pretty balanced approach to it at this point. Like, I think just from what everything I've been through just with like dieting and overexercising and I've kind of learned now that like when I start to feel like I'm doing too much to take a step back and just like have a day off, even though that feels honestly really hard for me (laughs) sometimes. I'm like, I don't want to take a day off, but I just know that I should. So just always a learning learning experience I guess yeah and I was listening to your last podcast episode you talked a little bit about this it was funny at the beginning of the episode you were kind of talking about and you mentioned this how you were like yeah I'm in like vacation mode don't really want to work and then you were saying how you're so excited to get back to work in LA (laughs) so that was really funny um but yeah I see this a lot with people I've experienced experiences myself when we're kind of like forcing it and Mm -hmm. we don't want to do it and I know you've totally talked about this before um in your podcast specifically with like human design uh, but what what is what are your thoughts on that when somebody is literally like burning out, forcing it because they need to hustle, and you know you got to put in the work. Um, even things like people like um, what's his name, Vaynerchuk, uh, forget his, but Gary. Oh yeah, Gary. Yeah. yeah, he's he's all about like got to hustle, no time for sleep, and all of that. So what are your thoughts on that and building a business? Because I know you do have a successful business, but I don't think you're really on that same level. You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. I mean, I love Gary Vee, but sometimes it is a little bit like hustle, hustle, don't sleep. And I'm just like, so not about that life. I think if anything, my message is like, look, yes, it does require hard, hard work. I mean, that, that is part of it, but I don't think like, I can't say that I've ever pulled an all nighter. Like I've never like done anything crazy like that. You can build a really successful business and not burn yourself out and hate your life. I mean, I think it's more just like you need to, if you feel like that's what you're doing right now, I would either look at like, is it not in alignment with what you really want anymore? Like maybe you actually want to pivot, but you're just not allowing yourself to, or um, sorry, I totally just lost my train of thought. I do that. <laughs> I do that at least once a podcast. What was I saying? Um, yeah. So you're either not aligned or. Oh my god. So basically, forcing yourself like in the business. 
Yeah, yeah, like it's not. So yeah, a lot of time we're like overwhelmed or sometimes I think people like just need to ask for help too, like, or they're just doing too many things, right? Totally, yeah, absolutely. And I think it's okay. I mean, I've done this so many times where I just sort of like, I feel like, oh, I should finish this one project because, you know, this is what people know me for or whatever. But if you feel that kind of like internal calling of like, I want to try something out, it's, it's never like set in stone. It's okay to try something out and you never know. It could be like huge for you and take you in an entirely different, even more positive direction. Or you might realize like, Oh yeah, I'm glad I tried that, but it's not for me. Like I'm going to go back more re-energized to do the thing that I was previously working on. Yeah. And I'm glad that you mentioned that because as I mentioned, I think a lot of people think myself included, there's just this, ingrained belief that we need to hustle and burn out and just you know work nine to five or like over that like nine to ten p.m or whatever it is to be able to have a successful business and you are obviously the proof that that's not true so and there are different ways to obviously scale your business too like instead of trading time for money you've built online courses so you're basically making money while you sleep right which is pretty cool so that's also the kind of nature of our world today because of the internet so we are very lucky so I'm really glad that we cleared that but I I know you've been traveling a lot for the past year you've kind of settled down a little bit but what would you say when you are traveling would be like the biggest struggle when it comes to like staying healthy in particular Ooh, um I Honestly, I didn't, I think what was really cool about when I did start traveling is that I had finally gotten to the place where I wasn't super obsessed with like being quote unquote healthy. Um, Even though I was a nutritionist and like people kind of looked to me for that. It was kind of like, I felt excited about the fact that I could go to all these different countries and like try different food and not be like meal prepping every, every meal and stuff like that. But I will say, I mean, I generally am somebody who likes healthy food. So, um, I I mean, yeah, I don't know if I had, I, I am mostly plant-based. So I would say like my main struggle with staying healthy was just kind of seeking out, um, vegetarian and vegan food but that's kind of a good tip if you are traveling like even if you aren't vegetarian or plant-based or anything like that um I use the happy cow app in like pretty much every city that I would that I would travel to that I was unfamiliar with and most of the time like vegetarian or vegan places just have like higher quality food is what I've kind of found so um that made it really easy to to stay healthy like while I was on the go but I also didn't really stress about it too much (laughs) yeah and I think it it can get very toxic if you just you know overstress about it especially if you like can't control it Mm -hmm. um but I know you were spending a lot of time in Bali um that's mainly like vegan vegetarian right and it seems like there was a lot of good healthy food I'm so excited to go there one day because it looks like nutritionist paradise Oh my gosh, you would love it. Yeah, it's very, very vegan friendly. Um, just so much good food. And it's all so Instagrammable there too. <laughs> Everything is so beautiful. Like the food is just, the presentation is so beautiful. And so in terms of traveling as well, what would the reality of running an online business be like when traveling? Because obviously it changes time zones and everything. It can get hectic. So what did that kind of look like? And what did that really change for your business? Yeah, it was it was interesting because we met a lot of like people who were also digital nomads while while we were traveling. And I say we because I was with my husband. <laughs> um, but they a lot of them had kind of said to me like, you know, isn't it st- so hard to stay focused on your business when like you're always traveling? And I was like, you know, honestly, I 
I don't feel that feel that too much. I mean, not to just like toot my own horn, but I think it just allows. I mean, it it requires definitely a level of discipline. Um, not not to say that you have to be like working all the time while you're traveling, but I think I I am pretty disciplined in the fact that I know. Like, okay, even though we're traveling this day and we have this day off, like, I know that I'm going to be working tomorrow or something like that, you know? Um, so I think, and also just being really passionate about what you do, it never really felt like, again, like, it never felt like I had to force myself to, like, work certain hours or things like that. I kind of just fit it in whenever I could. And honestly, a lot of times, too, I've gotten really spoiled now that I have, like, a desk in my apartment and stuff like that, but I coming from where I came from, which was like building my business in a hut, I was very, it, while traveling, it was really easy for me to just like, oh, I'm going to sit on the bed and work from here, or I'm going to just like sit on the couch. Like I, I wasn't really particular about my surroundings or anything like that. I kind of just made do with wherever I was. So I think that maybe is a thing to know, like the reality of being a digital nomad, especially like when we started, we were definitely like still kind of more budget traveling. We weren't staying in like super nice places or anything like that is that you kind of have to be okay with, you know, maybe not the perfect work setup. <laughs> yeah, totally. And being more flexible for sure. Yeah. Do you have any destinations that you would recommend specifically for digital nomads? Obviously Bali, but. <laughs> yeah, Bali is my, probably my number one favorite there are so many well number one it's really inexpensive still so if you if you're on a budget that's really good uh, great food I heard the also, internet is not very good though is that true um so what I found was I like whenever I was doing something that required really good internet I would just go to any of the co-working spaces so there that's a cool thing too is there are a lot of co-working spaces there um the the wi-fi at our airbnbs and things like that wasn't always great <laughs> but as long as you kind of and you can get like a monthly pass to any of the um co-working spaces for like less than a hundred dollars a month us so i mean it's pretty it's pretty inexpensive and those usually have really good wi-fi so amazing so bali would be number one yeah, and I'm trying to think if there are any others that I would really recommend. That was above and beyond my favorite place to get to get work done for sure. Yeah, I could see you kept going back there, so yeah. there was definitely a reason. <laughs> yep, totally. And going back to Bali again. <laughs> again. Paris also seemed like it was the second destination that you've been to the most. Yeah, I think so. I, I definitely love Paris, and I also I realized the last time I was there that. I definitely don't have as much of a work vibe when I'm in Paris as like Bali. I don't know what it is. Something about the energy, but like when I'm in Paris, I kind of just want to like sit at a cafe and like have some espresso. <laughs> yeah, totally. Slow down. And that's what the Parisians do. It's just like exactly. enjoy life, take like two hours to eat lunch. And whereas in Bali, I feel like there's more digital nomads. So you're more kind of surrounded by people doing the same thing, maybe. Exactly. Yeah, I think I I think you hit the nail on the head. <laughs> I know Paris well, so. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. So I want to transition a little bit into business stuff because I know I do have some entrepreneurs who listen to my podcast. So when it comes to starting out in nutrition business, obviously when you first start out, it's a bit different in terms of like when you're growing and scaling. But what would be like the main focus in terms of, you know, building your audience and just building your brand, especially if you're starting out, it doesn't have to be a nutrition business, but like an online business. Yeah. I mean the, my first kind of tip, and this is so boring, but it really 
<laughs> it really is consistency. Like I, I really recommend if you're just starting out, let's say you have zero social media following, you have zero email list. I would really choose like one platform that you enjoy being on. For me, I really love Instagram. So that's kind of my main um, platform. But I also think choose one social media platform that you can stay consistent on, but also choose, um, but also focus on building an email list because that you definitely want to focus on building something that you own. I mean, that's the problem with Instagram or a lot of other social media platforms is that like if the algorithm changes or, um, you know, it goes away tomorrow, you might lose everything you've built there. Whereas an email, um, email marketing, you definitely have a lot more control over. So I like a combination of the two and then consistency, like showing up, if it's Instagram, showing up daily on stories at least, um, a couple times a week if you're posting or if you're doing like YouTube or a podcast, just be consistent and show up, you know, once a week or something like that. Um, so I think those are really, really huge, but also, my biggest tip, and I think this is so underrated for trying to grow your audience when you're first starting out, is collaboration. Like finding other, this is really, I know at the beginning you said that I kind of like exploded my, my following um, a couple of years ago from 10,000. And the way that I did that honestly was just like kind of online networking, reaching out to like as many people as I could to ask them like, hey, do you want to do a free summit for our audiences or a, a free like interview series. I did a lot of stuff on, this was back when I was kind of more into Facebook live and stuff like that. I'm not really so much anymore, but I did a lot of like free challenges and Facebook lives where I would interview other people. And it's just a great way to provide value to both of your audiences, but also get in front of somebody else's audience for free. Um, if you don't have, you know, the budget for ads or things like that. And for someone who is building a business with a full-time job, how would you suggest like they spend their time? Because obviously like maybe on lunch breaks or they get home, they have like an hour. What do you think would like be, because I know you also were working as a waitress when you were building your business. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So like what are those kind of things that they can do in like stolen moments that are going to, you know, impact their business the most? Because I feel like a lot of the time, we're just bombarded by all these strategies and we have to be like you were saying like let's choose one platform but i think a lot of us are trying to like just scatter ourselves everywhere and do everything and that just can be so overwhelming so what would you suggest for that kind of situation yeah totally um seems so obvious but i think a lot of people miss is like making sure that you have a, a paid offer like that sounds so it sounds so obvious, but a lot of times I'm, I'm talking to clients or students and they're like, yeah, I'm not making any money. And I'm like, well, what are you selling? And they're like, well, I'm not sure yet. And it's like, well, you can't really bring in any money if, if you aren't, if you don't have like your eye on the prize. So I'd say like, first things first, if you have really limited time, just make sure that you are, you have like top of mind, what's bringing in in income because essentially that is what's going to be able to help you quit your full-time job. So whether that's one-on-one -on -one clients or a course, I mean, a course is always my preference because I think it's really like most beneficial for your time and energy, but whatever it is, or maybe it's a product like um, an MLM or something, just make sure you have something and you have a way for people to buy it easily. Um, that is like the first and most important thing to have in place if you want to start building an income so you can get out of your nine to five. And also make sure it's easy for people to find and for people to purchase. Like something that another thing I see a lot too is like people starting out with one-on-one -on -one clients, but then they're making 
their potential clients like jump through a bunch of hoops to to work with them like don't have don't have people fill out like three forms before they can book with you and pay you because that's just such a huge barrier they're gonna find somebody else <laughs> mm, yeah gotta make it easy to get the money yeah <laughs> and what is is there a lesson that you learned or it could be more than one um that you learned that you wish you knew when you were starting out with your business that you're like oh this would have really you know avoided a lot of struggle so many things. I mean, it's always just like such a learning experience. I feel like I still totally. every single day I'm like learning something. Um, just that you like things don't have to be perfect. I think, I mean, I've never been like a huge perfectionist, but I think for so long I just was like, oh, I can't, I can't, you know, launch my website yet because this page isn't done or like these links are still broken or, you know, whatever. And it's, I mean, there's obviously a fine balance, but I think the best thing that you can do is just start. Even if that's like, okay, your full website isn't, isn't ready yet, but you can still like have a simple landing page that takes like 15 minutes to make, you know, um, and just kind of start. And every single day, this was, I can't remember who I heard this from. I did not make it up, but just trying to every single day, trying to be like 1% better than you were the day before. That makes it seem so much more um, tangible, like attainable, I guess, rather than being like, okay, by this time next week, I need to have all these things done. I need to have my course done and my website done. It's like, just try and be a little bit better today than you were yesterday. And then like every day forward. And then a year from now, you'll be like golden. Oh my God, I can totally resonate with that too. Cause I'm definitely the person who makes like a list of like 10 things every day. I've gotten better and trying to make it like three or four, <laughs> but it's just so overwhelming. And you're just looking at usually like the big mountain top, whereas like just take the first step. It's going to be a lot less, you know, overwhelming and you usually don't get anywhere when you just like look at the big picture and it just seems so overwhelming. Right. So definitely agree with that. Um, so you basically found your passion around creative creating online courses. We talked a little bit about that uh, specifically in terms of like um, not trading your time for money and then being able to travel, et cetera, have more freedom. So it seemed like you were attracted to this kind of model pretty, um, pretty much at the beginning, right? Yeah. I mean, I always knew that I wanted to do something that would allow me to travel. I just didn't really know exactly what the was going to be. Um, if you're somebody who like hasn't figured out what your, what your thing is yet. Cause like I said, from the beginning, I was kind of like, well, I see a lot of people making recipe books and like, maybe I should do that. Or like, maybe I should sell beauty counter or whatever. And it took me a lot of experimentation, um, to figure out that like courses were my thing. And I was freaking obsessed with them and I love them so much. Like I could talk to about people or I could talk about all my courses like to anybody at any time. Um, but it really took me a lot of experimentation to figure out that that was right for me. So um, just if you still feel like I don't, you don't know if, you know, one-on-one -on -one clients are right for you or if an ebook is right for you or a course, don't judge yourself for trying multiple things until you figure it out. And was there something that helped you figure it out? Because I think a lot of people are like, oh, I don't know what my calling is. I don't know what I'm good at. I don't know what my passion is. And it can be really frustrating. So is there something that like helped you? Is there something that you would recommend in terms of like figuring that out? Is there like a way to figure it out? I mean, all I can say is just from my own experience is honestly through experimentation. Like if you get a ping or an idea, something that sounds really fun and gives you like excitement, um, 
and not and not a feeling of like oh I should do this because so and so says that it's gonna make me successful um, just kind of go with it and see what happens I think you'll know pretty quickly if you start taking action you'll know if it's right for you or not but I think a lot of times that clarity doesn't come until you actually do it <laughs> Yeah, totally. And it's usually like there'll be an idea in your head or like an urge to do something. So definitely just follow that. And then, you know, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But usually if you have like, you know, that ping that you mentioned, then there's usually a reason behind it, right? Totally. And maybe that is just like you just need a break and like something else to distract you from like what you have been working on. And then you'll realize, oh, I actually do. I do like this other thing and it's given it'll give you clarity. Mm -hmm, totally. And so you mentioned when you were doing the nutrition coaching that you kind of got sick of it. Um, was there like something that just really made you kind of realize that this wasn't for you or was it just kind of really being tired of doing the same thing over and over again? How did that kind of work out for you? Yeah, I think the main thing was that I had kind of gotten to this, this, stage of like I'm I'm really just sick of tired sick of talking about nutrition with people mm -hmm. like I think I got to this this point where I had thought about it for so long in my own life and like how I was gonna restrict my own food and like rules around what I was gonna eat and then I kind of got to this place where I was like I don't know I I feel like everybody's on their own path and I don't want to tell anybody what they should be eating and I know there's a ton of people that do an amazing job at that and like amen for, for I know you're helping so many people but I was just kind of like you know what I need a break and I I don't feel like I want to be talking about that I think that was the main thing is that I just was like I'm not just not that interested in this anymore and so and that's a good example too like I'm glad that I listened to the ping of like okay I might start talking about business and just like see how I feel about it and then I can always go back to nutrition if I want to um but it turns out I was just way more passionate about that so <laughs> Yeah, and so what happens when you do that transition? Because I think a lot of people also may be scared, like they've built this audience around, I don't know, like fitness training or whatever it is, um, like a nutrition business, but then they're literally doing like a whole new niche and they're, you know, going into a whole new business. So did you lose people when you did that? Like how did it kind of work when you transitioned your niche, like completely? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think I lost people um, when I stopped talking about nutrition, but I just, I never, I guess I never really focused on that because I just figured like, you know, if you don't want to follow me anymore, then there's a lot of other people that are probably way better to follow if you want nutrition advice than me. Um, but I think it was kind of slow at first. Like I, a couple times a week would talk about something business related, just a question that had been popping up um, and kind of gauged the response that I was getting. Um, and it was a really good response. And so I just kind of started talking more about business and more about business. And pretty soon it was just like, that's all I was talking about. And I was like, okay, well, I just go with it, I guess. But yeah, I mean, I, a lot of people ask me that if I have, you know, tips for kind of like pivoting and not having it feel super abrupt, I guess. But I think if, you just do it in a way that's authentic to you and just be truly honest about what's going on with your audience. I mean, maybe even share the fact, like if you're on Instagram stories a lot, just share the fact that you're like, Hey, you know, I'm kind of getting more interested in X, Y, Z topic. And like, let me know, are you guys interested in this? Like what questions do you have? And it's kind of a good way. Like, I don't think you ever need to 
act like you have every like everything all together if you're still kind of trying to navigate it yourself. I mean, people can definitely sense phoniness, I think. So just being as like honest and, and real as, as you can um, is the best way to go about it, I think. Yeah, totally. And being authentic, I think, as you mentioned, it's really no point to do something that you don't want to do and you show up kind of like half-assing it, not really putting the energy into it. Obviously, people can feel the energy. So yeah, definitely agree with that. And you were kind of talking about how you were focusing on Instagram more and there were different things that you're doing, like collaborating. Um, but did you find that there was, cause from my point of view, like I literally saw you explode. Was it like a gradual increase or was there kind of something apart from the collaboration that was like really helping to build that? Cause it can be very different, obviously from like the outsider point of view versus the person who's actually building <laughs> Instagram. Cause a lot of the time these people are, you know, obviously building this for years and years and then one day it's like oh you exploded you know what I mean yeah yeah I mean it definitely felt slower to me but I do like looking back the one time that I I I think I gained like 3,000 followers in the span of like a couple days um and this happened a few different times just based on like exposure so what another like tip I would say if you are just starting at the beginning is um to try and get featured different places. So what I did when I was trying to gain exposure is that I wrote a lot of articles and I would submit them. I, mostly my goal was like getting published on Mind Body Green because that was, um, I knew that a lot of people reading Mind Body Green were gonna be my ideal client. So I wrote a lot of different blog posts and just kept submitting them and kept submitting them and kept submitting them and they didn't take them like for a long time and then all of a sudden they took a bunch of them um so that gave me a lot of exposure and one of them went viral and i got like a bunch of uh, my traffic increased to my website but i also got a lot of followers um too and so i've also that's it's just such a good way to yes it's time consuming to like write um, you know, write articles or try and pitch somebody to be on their podcast, things like that. But you kind of have to be your own publicist <laughs> at the beginning until people start recognizing you. You really have to put yourself out there and keep trying and keep trying and keep trying until somebody notices you and eventually somebody will. Um, and that's honestly one of the best ways to get free publicity and grow your audience. Yeah, I think it was the tiny hut that was the one that went viral, right? Yeah, yeah. It was about, yeah, I think it was about like, minimalism and, yeah, and totally. house living. And that's definitely something that's super original and unique, right? It's like not something that everybody's writing about. So finding something that's like unique to you and a little bit different is going to be so much easier to actually, you know, get that attention than doing the same thing. Like if things like, I don't know, adrenal fatigue are like going vegan, those are all like topics that have been almost overdone now. So things like that can really kind of grab attention, right? Totally. And I mean, definitely. And I like when I was first thinking about that, the fact that I lived in a tiny house, like <laughs> I, I was afraid to kind of share that because I almost at the beginning was a little bit like embarrassed that I lived in such a small space and I was trying to build a business. And then what I don't know what happened. But one day I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna show people where I live and I don't really care anymore. And it was kind of just that using my, what I perceive to be like my vulnerability or my a negative about me and kind of use it as a positive. It actually 
worked out in my favor because it's different. And so if you can think of anything, like if you're listening to this and you want to figure out how you can stand out among the masses of nutritionists or whatever your field is, it's just trying to think about the things that maybe you perceive as being a negative about you. Because a lot of times it's what's going to set you apart. It's going to be what makes you different from every other person in a beautiful kitchen that's prepping a green juice, you know? (laughs) Yeah, it's usually the less than perfect things are the things that you don't want to share that it's like the coolest or the most interesting right I agree yeah it's been a very interesting episode that's gone all over the place but (laughs) I just want to kind of end with Instagram in terms of like the algorithm because I you probably have seen people complaining I don't know about you if you've really noticed these changes but um, engagement has gone down and all that kind of thing what would you recommend for people who are just like the algorithm is down, like, this is messing up my business, like, what am I supposed to do? And they're, like, panicking about this. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I I definitely get it, and I've noticed it, too. I mean, the algorithm is always going to be changing, so I think my first, my first, like, (laughs) tip is be try not to worry too much about it, honestly. What I see, I mean, uh, I, I share a lot of Instagram-related tips on, like, hashtags and things like that, and, like, what the algorithm's doing, but more than anything, it's like, just focus on good, high quality content, know who you're speaking to, um, and be specific and try and give, give value to that person. Um, but also at the same time, don't worry about it too much. I mean, I see so many people who are stressing and asking me questions about like why the algorithm is changing and why their engagement's down. And it's like, I think if we spent more time focusing on like making our content better, rather than like stressing about that, it would probably do us a lot of favors. And I mean, I'm guilty of this too. I'm always kind of like trying to remind myself that like, okay, focus on what you could do better and like take, get 1% better with your photos like next week, or maybe plan out your captions, things like that. Um, it's just really, really important. But I would say, um, if I can think of like a couple quick Instagram related tips, um, just one thing I've noticed, and I realized this only because I was doing it, is that I think we have gotten so into just like watching stories that it's becoming less com- less common to actually like take action on feed photos anymore. So just remind you know remind yourself that as you're as you're going on Instagram as like a viewer to actually engage with other people's photos. So liking and commenting um, rather than just like watching passively that can that can help all of us. Like it it shows the it shows the Instagram algorithm that you're active. Um, so they're always gonna they're always gonna you know benefit you in that way. Um, hashtags i think are kind of uh, underutilized so picking picking a few i mean i would say i know there are 30 that will fit but use you don't want to use all 30 i would keep it around like 25 and even if that sounds like a lot just pick a few that are really niche that you know that your ideal client or customer is going to be engaging with um and i'm trying to think of a couple couple other other tips. I, I think that the kind of perfectly curated feed that has been so popular now for a couple of years, I think that that's kind of going out. I think people are more interested in like, like we were just talking about, like the real raw, unfiltered type of stuff. So don't feel like you need to have, you know, a photographer following you everywhere or the perfect um, aesthetic or things like that. Just focus on, obviously you want your photos to be high quality and having good quality captions and things like that, but um, don't beat yourself up if things aren't perfect. 
Yeah, I see that trend starting to happen. We're just sick of the perf perfection and we just want the real stuff, right? So, and it, I think it's also because we're just lacking that human connection because we're all just on our phones now. Mm -hmm. So it's just, we're kind of over it. I think we're starting to get sick of it. Which is yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's definitely much more relatable to like see somebody who looks like a real person than somebody that looks like it, you know, they've been face tuned like crazy and you don't really, you don't really see them as, you, like they look like like a model in a far off land that you would never like actually come into contact with you know like yeah, exactly and it's like perfect. the unattainable right so right well this was jam packed so thank you so much for kind of doing this ping pong game with the questions <laughs> it was very all over the place with nutrition and business and instagram and social media but i know you've definitely been through all of that so i definitely want to pick apart your brain mm -hmm. but before we hop off i'd love for you to share what's going on with you right now i'm not sure if you're launching any new courses or anything that's going on and then where we can find you yeah um well i'm not sure when this will go live i don't have Within a the next two weeks oh the next week okay cool so i would say definitely head over i have a ton of free resources on my website and i just have a new rebrand and it's very pretty so you should go, you should go check it out oh, um, cool. if you just go to rebelnutrition.com resources um, I have a lot of different resources depending on where you're at in your business. So like if you're trying to grow your Instagram or if you're just starting out with your nutrition business or you want to create an online course, um, I've got different free resources for you no matter like what stage you're in. So go check those out. And then, yeah, just come say hi um, on Instagram. I'm at Rebel Nutrition. And then I also recently started a podcast. Called yes. Wild, which I'm gonna have to have you on by the way yes 100 I love your podcast I love your Instagram I love everything so guys go stalk her check her out um, she's hilarious and she shares so many amazing tips for building your business online and all that stuff so thank you again so much Amy for coming on I had a blast and I think my audience will love this so thank you so much thank you so much for having me Thank you for tuning into today's episode. I hope you loved it. As usual, if you do, I always appreciate a review and rating on iTunes. Super easy, takes three seconds, but it really helps me to reach more people and to share my message with health and personal development, business, etc. And if you guys want to share on Instagram as well, tag me at laurence.inez. Put that in the show notes. And if you guys want to chat at all, you can always send me a message. Uh, my website is in the show notes. And if you're looking to hear from certain people about certain topics, I'm always looking for recommendations as well. So really appreciate your support and I'll talk to you guys next week.